Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Ag Credit Set It. I am Matt here with Libby again. Libby, it seems like uh, we're, we're, I'm going to call us the A-team now. That way, you know, I just make <laughs> Phil and Brenna work for it just a little harder going forward. So, but hey, we got a great uh, episode today, Libby. So I guess first off, a little catch up. How's things going? Things are going well. Um, a lot of fields have been planted down my way and guys are um, starting to finish up. So that's been really exciting. The weather's been great and um yeah, I'm just excited to finally see planting gearing down a little bit our way. You know, I tell you, this has been one of those planting seasons where everything's just going in almost too nice. Is what right. I was talking to a <laughs> member the other day, and he said, you know, when things go in too nice, it just means we're in for something. I said, I said, where's that eternal optimism that all farmers have? He says, I've been doing this. He said, this is my 37th year planting a field or plant doing a planting season. He said, my optimism keeps getting less and less every year. <laughs> but yeah, you still keep doing it every That's right. Year. That's right. right. <laughs> well, Libby, I guess we'll get into it today. So uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce our guest and what we're talking about today. Yeah. So we are very lucky today. We have one of our own um, ad credit employees, Scott Parker. He is our senior credit and regional manager. One of one of them, I guess I should say. And Scott, do you just want to give us a little bit of background and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to ad credit? Yeah, sure. Great. Great to be here. Um, glad to be able to be on my first podcast with ad credit set it. And uh, I've been going to be with Ag Credit here almost four years in October. I've uh, been a life, lifer in the farm credit system, did an internship in high, uh, college, and uh, been in the farm credit system ever since. So um, it's the only thing I know. <laughs> Scott, what made you want to get into the farm credit? What, what, what kind of caught your eye about, about uh, everything we do? Yeah, so, you know, never, never really dawned on me in high school, you know, went to, went to college to be a golf course superintendent and oh, that, wow. that didn't work out right away kind of you know switch majors right away but went into business wasn't sure what I wanted to do I grew up on a farm I liked farming but I wasn't you know really ingrained into it but but as I got into the finances um in, in college something that just you know I kind of liked and then um, an opportunity came up to do an internship with with the farm credit system and and it just clicked, and it made sense, and and uh, got to, you know the biggest thing is working with farmers. You know that's a lot of my friends growing up were farmers. A lot of the um, older people that that I uh, seen were farmers and respected, and and they're they're the they're the reason um, why I got into it. Sounds like we've had a kind of a trend here a little bit. We start off in one one major and then quickly switch to, to another <laughs> to another one. So I guess my question is, are you an avid golfer then? Uh, when time allows, yeah. <laughs> or if my back's not thrown out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, or when your wife gives you permission, I guess, is that's what I see on all the reels. It, she supports us. She doesn't give me permission. She's, she supports yeah, it. Right. So you said you grew up on the family farm, Scott. Uh, family still actively farming, are they? Yes. Uh, my dad, my brother, myself, uh, we farm together. Um, my dad and my brother do do most of the heavy lifting, and I, I just help out when I can. That's uh, great. You know, Seneca County, right in the Wyandotte County, Seneca County line. 
about a little over a thousand acres of row crops, and my brother's got a, a cow calf operation. Okay. Well, that is great. So that's kind of what we want to cover today, Scott. So I guess, you know, our first question, uh, you know, the bread and butter of ag credit, land loans. Let's go. I mean, I guess we'll get into kind of the basics about this, Libby, a little bit. You know, tillable bare ground, you know, some ground has woods on it. Um, we have, you know, some with uh, improvements on it, whether it be a grain facility, uh, pole barn. I guess kind of going to the basics, Scott, on uh, when we do our land loans, what we look at. Yeah, we look at the, f- the functionality of the property, you know, its income potential, you know, how it's going to benefit the farm operation from a profitability standpoint. And then you really back into, you know, how does, how does, how does the loan fit with a payment plan that's going to fit the cash flow of the borrower? You know, we have borrowers that buy their first farm that, that you know, going to need maybe a help with our Ag Start program. Um, or that, or that seasoned farmer that has, you know, a lot of other assets paid for mm-hmm. that's going to help pay for that asset. So, you know, it really gets down to, you know, the, the income potential of the farm or just the utility of it. You know, um, you know, buildings don't necessarily add income, but they add efficiencies and you know, maintain equipment, and it just you know makes sense to invest in those types of things, whether it's a construction of a new new facility or, or purchasing an existing property that has a. a you know, machine rebarn on it. Right. And I think, you know, like you said too, we have different, you know, term options stuff. We can work with that producer, whether they are, you know, our, our ag start, our beginning farmer or, you know, our seasoned farmer. And, you know, that seasoned operation doesn't necessarily mean that we want to have a shorter term because of seasoned operation, it may be a large purchase. And that's where, you know, we we collect everything. We help. I want to say, I guess we recommend what that best best term and fit for that operation is going to be. And I think sometimes it's the goal of the operation that you're also looking at too. You know, when you're thinking of real estate loans, you're thinking of longer term loans typically. And, you know, sometimes I think it's, okay, what is the, what's the goals of the operation? What are we looking at into the future? You know, is there succession planning into it as well? Um, You know, so going along, you know, yeah, they could be seasoned and we do shorter or we, you know, do longer. I mean, there's just a lot of flexibility there, I think on that. That's a great point, Libby. And, and, you know, while all farmers hope to have lots of opportunities to buy real estate, for most of our members, it's maybe one, two, three times in their lifetime they get an opportunity to buy a farm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you really can't predict when that's going to happen all the time. So, you know, you don't want to give yourself too you know short of a term and, and too hefty of a payment when opportunities may come up that you didn't expect right that farm across the road or right next to you that yeah because how, how many times do you, do you hear anymore that hey this uh, this thing this is the only time it's ever going to sell in your lifetime basically right. I guess kind of I think, I think I hear auctioneer say that now at some sale just to drive up that price a little bit but. anything that can get that price right <laughs> keep it going up so okay so talking about you know our land loans can we go on to um you know equipment loans we can do we have an array of options for um equipment loans from um you know having a dealer program to even leasing if that makes sense can you speak a little bit about those absolutely you know equipment uh purchasing is is not just something we do in our backyard it's worldwide um, people are buying equipment all across the country and, and they expect quick quick decisions and the, and the person selling the asset expects their money uh, pretty efficiently as well. So mm-hmm. um, point of financing opportunity is something that, that we're, we're very aware of and that's where our Farm Credit Express program comes into play with the, with the dealers in Northwest Ohio um, and surrounding areas. 
as well as our uh, new partnership with Farm Credit Leasing. Um, Farm Credit Leasing is you know probably the premier leasing company in the country. It, it's it's part of the Farm Credit system um, and provides us you know access to the the latest and greatest uh, leasing products for equipment. So I have a lot of questions from customers on, you know, terms of for equipment loans when we do that. Um, what what typically um, makes sense for an equipment loan when we're looking at terms? What what do we what do we consider when we're thinking about the terms of an equipment loan? Yeah, you know, the, the, the bread and butter average is five years for, for, for most equipment. But as equipment's gotten much more expensive and much more specialized, uh, we definitely look at a little bit more now than maybe we did, you know, five ten years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll look to go seven years on on some on some equipment, um, especially larger assets, um, combines, um, even some of the new planners. Um, especially if they're newer, you know, three years or less. You know, we're more inclined to go a little bit longer. You know, six seven years. Um, if you get into more used assets or very specialized assets, you know, we could look to go, you know, even a little bit less than five, but typically no, no, not much less than five. And Scott, you know, you're talking about uh, the increased price on our equipment that we're seeing now. And I think that's where our leasing is really going to start coming into play where we can, on a, in my mind, as a farmer too, I look as a, a lease payment. Um, and I guess we'll, you can go more into this. To me, it's a fixed cost at that point. I know exactly what that piece is going to cost me here. So now it's a fixed cost, just like my fertilizer and my seed. Right. Yeah. Leasing is, uh, you know, it's been around forever, but you know, most of the most of the time, the tax laws have driven, you know, whether leasing is is in vogue or not. Okay. And uh, lately, with the the ten thir- section seven section one seventy nine and and the bonus depreciation, it really hasn't been used a lot in, in the into the leasing uh, side, but there's multiple situations where leasing still makes sense and it gets down to knowing what your fixed cost is. A lot of, uh, you know, operations use leasing to, to get their cost per hour or cost per acre mm-hmm. down to a certain level because the lease does typically provide you the, the lowest cash flow payment. Um, it may not be the cheapest ownership avenue, but if you're just looking at trading that stuff off every two, three years, and you're really focused on what's my cost per acre or cost per hour, um, that's where leasing can become advantageous. Well, and you look at it too, um, on a general lease, as fast as technology is getting into this equipment now, you can keep pretty well up on your uh, on your technology and keep the latest and greatest on the farm for the most uh, productivity. So we talk about our, our dealership uh, level financing, the Farm Credit Express. And just uh, for, you know, maybe somebody out there that doesn't. So when we talk about Farm Credit Express, you know, that's one thing I think that people don't realize that, you know, it is served by the association. It is not like a third party type thing that we, we handle alone just as like we would any one of your other loans. Correct. Yeah, it's uh, 100% comes back to the office to service uh, that account and uh, you get all the benefits of patronage and um, note modification. So if rates go down, you can you know call up your local ed credit loan officer and, and, and get a better rate. Um, so in that way, it's it's essentially just an extension of your loan officer. Um, just uh, it's a which yeah, is more efficient, you know, help you know, efficiency reduces costs, which reduces interest rates. 
and that and I just want to point out that that is not done through the ag credit office. That is done through the dealers that are signed up with that program. Yes. Just just to clarify that piece of it, and we'll also what we'll do is we'll put a resource in um, our show notes where you can find dealers um, that are signed up for Farm Credit Express for those that are interested in looking into um, who those dealers are and can ask for ask for it when they go in there. And that, and that fast pace that we talked about, it is really a pretty quick turnaround um, from the mm-hmm. time we uh, a dealer submits that application to the decision and paperwork being finalized. So, you know, it's a, you need that tractor, you need that planner. We can, uh, we can make it pretty quick for you. Yep. yep. And they just got approved to do DocuSign. So, you know, electronic signatures, so that makes it even faster. We like to hear that. <laughs> okay, next uh, next uh, question I got here, Scott, for you. You know, we look at different uh, loan programs again, farm buildings and, you know, farm building new construction and maybe even kind of going to farm improvement loans. Um, you know, f- first farm improvement loan comes to my mind is tile loan. You know, there's a lot of times we'll do tile loans for guys. Can you kind of dive into basics of what we look at on – farm building, construction, and some of the terms on that? Yeah, uh, it kind of follows the same thought process as, as land loans in terms of looking looking at what the investment is, how that's going to affect your bottom line positively or negatively, and, and, and then how does it fit into your cash flow situation. Um, you know, for a field tile, you know, depending on how big the project is, you know, we could go up to 20 years on something like that. You know, most of the time it's 10 years but we can't go longer. Mm-hmm. Same thing with pole barns. You know, most of the time we see pole barns, machine sheds, you know, in that 10 to 12 year range, but depending on the size of the project and just the, the situation, you know, we could go look, could go farther as long as we have other real estate collateral to support it. Right. And one thing I think, you know, especially to talk about that, the tile loans and stuff, and even if we're putting that barn up on a, uh, on a, current piece of farm ground the value that it increases and any of these improvements we're doing is going to increase the value of that collateral um you know even uh livestock barns that's uh um you know a big part of i would say what we do as an association is new livestock barn construction too uh terms on that scott kind of look about the same as what we do on the on the rest of our construction loans yeah, kind of like the equipment loan conversation. Those costs haven't went down. Um, right. So, Absolutely not. you know, we could, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we could get away with a 10 or 12 year loan on a, on a hog uh, confinement building or, mm-hmm. or turkey barn. And the, you know, the additional cost and, and just everything else, it, you know, we're, we can able to go 15, 20 years in some of those cases. And that's, that's the crazy part right now. We look at, I mean, I guess building, equipment and just building construction and you know when's when's it going to end it just seems like you know even the producers we're working with you know we we talk about overage and what we're going to figure in on this because you always know you know something might come in a little higher i mean it's just a constant uptick on on the cost to to build these facilities anymore and along with it is new technology that we talk about you know a hog barn and libby you can speak from experience with your guys's a hog barn is just not just a steel building with curtains on the side. <laughs> right. There is a ton of technology that goes in these barns, and it comes at a cost. Yeah, and and there the and our barn is you know like seventeen years old, so it obviously doesn't have the technology that they they have in there today. Um, you know, but it is it's adding up, and then just the cost of concrete, especially with the mm-hmm. <laughs> with these contract barns, is the amount of concrete that's going into it. That's that's really increased the price, and also have to take in consideration. You know, our 
you know, what does the cash flow look like with these livestock barns? Because of the increase in the costs, you know, are are they cash flowing out? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know that's a pretty big our, pretty know, big thing to think about, especially if you're a young beginning farmer, which a lot of people that are putting those barns up are. Yes. You know, we talked about leasing on equipment. Uh, leasing for farm improvements is um, real estate improvements is more so, you know, in demand than than leasing on equipment. And it's a little bit more of a tax advantage, even with today's um, more more liberal uh, write-off mm-hmm. um, requirements. Um, but there's some, just some side benefits of leasing on 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 buildings and facilities that you know that you would definitely want to consider when when you're looking at those projects. Anytime we can take advantage of those uh, tax write-offs and deduction is. Uh Always a big plus. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we've touched on, you know, farm buildings and that. What about um, grain setups? You know, what are, are the, is that following through on the same as tile and the farm buildings? You know, just I guess that's another, you know, another um, question that we get as well, you know, with right. with all the improvements. Yeah, pretty much so. It, it falls in line. Um, again, those assets, you know, have ramped up in price quite a mm-hmm. bit, and you're not going to see as good of a dollar for dollar. You know, if you, you spend a dollar, you're not going to get a dollar of appraisal on on a grain facility like mm-hmm. you would maybe would on tile still. Um, so, you know, as the bigger the project gets, you know, that could play into some you know additional collateral needs, and uh, just looking at you know the cost benefits of that investment. And well, again, all this goes back to you know, whatever loan requests that we get presented with as an, as a count officer, as association, you know, we will analyze all that and know exactly what we're going to, you're going to need to bring to table. And, you know, there again, it goes back to that relationship lending, fitting the best loan product for the requests in front of us. And I think the good thing to know is there's so many options. We just have an array of options that we can, um, that we can come up with for these types of loan requests mm-hmm. that we're getting. Um, and, and that, I guess that's the benefit of being, being a member of the farm credit system. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe that if, 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 if someone's looking to make an investment purchase or construction or whatever it may be, if it fits into the operation, it fits into the cash flow. there's a way to, there's almost always a way to make it, make it work. Okay, so yes, that is a very good point, Scott. And I would like to talk a little bit about um, farm vehicles. Are we able to um, do any? Um, so here, here's a scenario: Libby wants a new convertible <laughs> to drive around to the fields. So no, just to the pig barn. To the pig barn, <laughs> the pig right? Barn. You can put. <laughs> I can pull, I can pull a trailer of pigs, right, with my convertible, or that's or, why it's or, open top. You can just fill them up in there. So or the, so. how about a gladiator? A six, yeah, a six seater, six seater side by side. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What options do we have on farm vehicles? Yeah, plenty of options. Um, you know, essentially, if you're a farmer, which it only takes five hundred dollars of gross farm income to be considered a farmer, we can provide uh, pretty much any financing you need that lines to your ag income or ag assets that you own so um for, for that for our farm borrowers you know that's a full slate of of personal uh, needs that they may have business needs non non-farm business needs whether it's a rental property or um a commercial business um commercial real estate you know it's you know we pretty much have the ability to to fit all fit, finance all those needs 
Um, you know, part of our purpose in the farm credit system is to serve rural America, and and that kind of that's how it fits into that. Because um, a lot of those investments into the non-farm businesses is is um, meeting that need to serve rural America, and then you know, farmers need vehicles whether they're for the farm or for personal, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, buying a vehicle for their kid, um, going to college. You know, those are all things that you know we're supporting that farm family. So that goes into, you know, any trucks, any semis, any trailers, anything like that. And um, what are, what are um, again, is that fall kind of fall under the equipment loans type of terms, you would say? Yeah, you know, we don't know, you know, those some, some of those assets as well as we do, you know, tractors and combines. So, you know, we may be a little bit more uh, conservative in our terms and, and pricing mm-hmm. on those, um, but pretty much the same five to seven years. And, okay. and one, one thing to point out on these two even with our vehicle loans, they are, you know, available for patronage and they also will be, uh, you know, under if uh, the rate environment changes and we can do note modifications to help on those uh, rates, especially currently in our higher rate environment where, you know, it might might seem it's a little higher right now. But so it, we, we have the same options to service these loans the same as our real estate and our other loans. Right. One thing we do, we, we look at what that asset's going to be used for. So, you know, if you're, you know, for some people, they're using it as a personal vehicle. You know, so most time that repayments maybe come from a W-2 job. So mm-hmm. we'll put that on monthly payments or mm-hmm. a semi that's on the road uh, weekly. You know, it's an earning income monthly. So it makes sense to put that loan on a, on a monthly payment. So that's, you know, some of the things, things we may do a little bit different on, on a vehicle. So just matching the cash flow with with whatever the yeah, yep, the, with the equipment asset. in. Yep. So so Libby, yes, go to the dealer, go pick out your 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 vehicle, and uh, you know we can we can write it up for you. So. All right, I'll tell Adam we can <laughs> we can go buy a Gladiator. <laughs> well, hey, this has been great stuff. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back here on Ag Credit Set It. Hey everyone, this is Libby and Matt, and we just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about our digital banking. If you're a member of AgCredit, managing your account online just got easier, more convenient, and better than ever. Our our new digital banking platform is now available. Be sure to register so you can manage your loans on the go. Visit agcredit.net and click on the digital banking icon at the top right of the screen and get started. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we are back with uh, Scott Parker, uh, Senior Credit and Regional Manager for us, the like I was kind of close, like our little employee spotlight, uh, you know, like Libby said, you know, I, we was talking earlier, you know, first time for Scott on here, but uh, you know, we're going to definitely make sure we uh, we get him on here for a few more things. We'll get some all kinds of interesting topics to go over. But so talking about our different loan products, Scott, dive into operating lines. You know, there's, uh, you know, what kind of terms do we look at our operating lines? Obviously, we can do them for crops. Um, we can, you know, do livestock lines of credit too. I guess kind of going to the basics, uh, you know, what we look at our operating lines in terms on that. Yeah. Typical operating loan would be for, for 12 months to kind of meet the operating cycle of, of what it's, what it's supporting, whether it's row crops or livestock. Um, you know, sometimes with, with livestock, especially the cattle, you know, it takes a little bit longer than 12 months to, to take mm-hmm. that, that feeder calf to finish. So, you know, we have to keep that in mind. Um, you know, 
but depending on the situation and the credit needs of the borrower, we can we can put the maturity out there over one years, usually not no more than three, um, just to kind of save on on some of the paperwork if they've you know, proven that they can revolve it. They, they manage that. They only use it for what it's supposed to be used for, you know, which is the, the farm operation. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if they do use it for capital, they let us know and then we can get it termed out so they don't you know, run short on, on working capital. So, yeah, one year typically. Can you um, talk a little bit about um, grain inventory loans and what a grain inventory loan is and how um, how what we can do with the, with those types of loans? Yeah, so we know uh, tax strategy is a big thing at the end of the year for, for all our members, and uh, they carry – a lot of farmers carry over grain each year, and, and they need – to buy more inputs before year end for that tax savings, but they don't want to sell their grain. So the grain inventory loan is a great tool for us to provide the farmers the capital they need to, to get those inputs bought, to reduce their taxable income and uh, not, not, you know, extend them out too far on their, on their normal line of credit. And that is like Scott said, a really good tool, a really good tool to use, um, especially at year end when you're prepaying or, um, whatever your operating needs are at that time. And one thing to keep in mind too, guys, on our operating lines is we as an association are participating in the Ohio Link Loan Program, which, uh, you know, is a good cost savings for our members um, that we can work with the state of Ohio to, you know, get just a li- little, I want to say kind of the, the ease of the uh, the high variable interest rates right now. So that's that's a program we're going to continue with. And it's just been a great savings to our members. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. You know, about 2% savings is, is what we're seeing on the link loan compared to the prime rate. We hope the government's done raising uh, the, the Fed rate, which which goes was coincides with your prime interest rate. And you know, frankly, you know, the last six, seven years, interest rate on your line of credit really hasn't been something we've had to pay attention to because it's been mm-hmm. so low. And, you know, now farmers need to really look at what's that cost to carry that grain. You know, if, you know, they can sell it, but then defer the income. But if they want to hold on to that grain in the bin it's gonna, and they can't pay down their line of credit, they really got to pay attention to that now. Um, so it's just a little bit different dynamic. And, you know, everywhere they can save a little bit of money, it's going to add up. Oh, yeah. And just to explain a little bit more on the link loan, you do have to have an operating loan to um, obtain a link loan. And the link loan is not another loan. It's just connected or linked to your normal operating loan. Um, they We've done, we participated in this program in the past, but I think we have a lot of new, um, a lot of customers who did not have link loans in the past. So that's just something to little explanation of you do have to have an operating loan to have an op- a link loan. So I got a question here for you, Scott, just thinking, you know, with a lot of our younger members out there, new producer comes in, I want a line of credit. I'm farming, let's just say 150 acres. How do we go about what, how much do, you know, if he says, I, I don't know how much I need, just, just set something up. How do we go about kind of helping that member figure out what we need for an operating yeah, um, you know, just ask a lot of questions. You know, that's that's where we always start. But uh, really, you know, just depends on what co- crop they're going to be planting. Um, are they renting the ground? What are they paying in cash rent? When's the cash rent due? Is it due in the spring? Is it in the fall? Um, are they going to utilize, um, you know, program with Pioneer or local co-op for some of their input needs? Um, and that kind of all drives back to, you know, what what – what we're comfortable lending and, you know, because the biggest goal is to make sure that we understand what the borrower needs and, and, and what their expectations are. So, so what, he, what he said there to all my, all our young guys out there is do your homework, work with your account officer. But, you know, we have a lot of tools at our access as your lender to 
help with those projections and you give us all the information and we will come up with a plan and set you up right. So let's talk a little bit um, on farm-related businesses. What qualifies um, as a farm-related business? Yeah, so uh, farm-related business and then processing and marketing are two uh, categories of farmers that that we know of because a lot of farmers do it. And then the farmer's obviously eligible as a full-time, part-time farmer that may do a farm-related business or a farm-related service. but there are also those people out there that, that aren't farmers, but they provide services to farmers or they process agricultural materials. So, you know, farm-related uh, service business could be a trucking company that hauls exclusively agricultural products for farmers, whether it's okay. fruits and vegetables, grains, um, custom spraying is another common farm-related service we see. Um, and then uh, uh, animal bedding, we have a customer that uh, processes uh, timber into animal bedding and provides that and then hauls that to to the actual confinement facilities. So that's another service. So um, anything that, that directly helps farmers and it's paid for by farmers is basically could be considered a farm-related farm related business. business. Yep. So it's direct into the producing of their whatever their agricultural product is. Right. If they're just selling an ag product to a farmer, that's not a service. That's, that's gotcha. just, they're just selling that product. So equipment and seed sales aren't. You know, seed treatment's a service, but mm-hmm. seed sales, you're just taking a commodity and selling it. So, like, equipment sales does not qualify, but equipment repair, because they're providing a service to that, to the producer, would, Correct. would be something along them lines. So, when we looked at them um, on our farm-related business uh, clients, terms uh, of the loans, I mean, um, do they pretty much the same as what we look at? Like, like say, uh, we have a... Uh, delivering a farm commodity and we're looking at a truck and trailer loan is it same terms at that point yeah so you know those they're using those assets just like a farmer would essentially so it's something we're comfortable with and maybe put a little bit more mileage on those semis and those trailers but they're producing more income than than a typical farmer potentially so yeah pretty much same terms you get into um, maybe some more commercial real estate improvements um, that that's mm-hmm. to support that uh, business service and, you know We'll just have to look at those on a case by case basis. You know, we're not maybe an expert in some of those things. Not something we deal with every day. So you know, we have to do do a little bit more due diligence and, and see what we can do. So and some of those facilities may be, may be very specialized <laughs> and not what our what our typical farmers are are doing right. every day. <laughs> and I, I think you know the, the ones I, I work with too. When we look at some of our loans and then you know the terms. You know, we look at. I always kind of look at more on almost like a monthly income because that's how we're budgeting a lot of stuff. So, you know, we may set up some repayment terms on a, on a monthly basis or something like that just to really kind of fit the, fit the cash flow of the, of the business because, you know, uh, a lot of your farm-related businesses, you know, they may be working with producers that are a annual income, but, uh, you know, a farm-related business is more of a year, year-round income. So it's just helping tailor that loan product uh, the best for them. So... You know, uh, kind of our last topic and uh, something I think that we keep growing as an association, you know, we look at our rural home purchase and rural home uh, new construction. Scott, can you kind of just go into uh, where, I I guess, where where can we, where can we do a loan for a, for a rural home at? 
Yeah, so um, you know, we're eligible to do uh, rural home financing for, for non-farmers as long as they're not living in a town or a city greater than 2,500 people, um, which is most most places in northwest Ohio. Um, but there's obviously larger towns, you know, Finley, um, Lima, those kind of areas we can't. We can't finance housing for non-farmers, um, but if they have you know, that five hundred dollars gross farm income, then then we can pr- provide their financing for their primary dwelling pretty much anywhere, um, whether it's in a bigger city or not. The only limitation I think we do have is potentially if it's in a town over fifty thousand people, then that's not considered rural by the by the government. And that's a rural home, a current home purchase, or even new construction. We can provide uh, uh, loans and funds for that as well. And we don't want to forget about home equity lines of credit either that we can offer as well. Um, well, I guess we uh, learned a lot about our loan products today. What do you think, Matt? You know, I learn something new every day, but this has been great, Scott. I appreciate <laughs> you being on here with us. And, uh, you know, it's just one thing we want to just reiterate to everybody out there listening and our members too. And all you potential new members out there listening, might, wherever you're at, is – you know, there's so much that we can do for you if you're in agriculture. I mean, that's what we're here for. Exactly like Scott said, we are the the purpose of us here is to provide credit for rural America. So, yep, we have a mission a mission to serve you, and we have lots of different options. Um, so, talk to your account officer um, today or your loan officer. You know, on the options of um, all the loans that we talked about, and if you ever have a question on if we can. Um, you know, finance, you know, anything, you know, just give them a call and we can, we can get you those answers right away. Um, and we thank you for listening to another episode of Ad Credit Said It. And please follow us um, on all social, me- social media platforms and subscribe to the podcast so others can find it and it gets um, directly in your podcast inbox. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.